Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Copia listening to Mad Love. What's going on? Happy Monday. Listen, July is almost over, which means the seventh month of the year is almost over, which means huh, if you were planning on making 2019 your year, you still can, but you simply must get to work. Get on it. Be about that action. I'm telling you, you got if you have goals for the year, you still can accomplish them. Just keep pushing. Keep going. Keep going. Anyway, uh, I have been reading. This is interesting to me. I hope you'll find this interesting. I've been reading a lot about a subject called epigenetics, which uh, simplistically is defined as above genetics. So, you know, I like to have my mind blown. And the best thing about having my mind blown is then I can try to blow yours. So epigenetics is basically the study of uh, genes, obviously, but above genes, over genes. So the basic theory, and I'm not an expert after reading a couple books, so I'm saying all this so you will hear the concept and maybe explore it for yourself if it resonates with you. Uh, Epigenetics, very simplistically stated, is the study of genes, but The theory of it is that genes don't cause disease. Your environment and your thinking cause disease, which um, is fascinating because then you're not a victim. Then it's been something that you've been doing or something that someone instilled in you, a certain way of thinking that has allowed you to, to basically turn on disease in your body you know you we all have the same genes so right now there are cells all throughout your body that could potentially turn into cancer genes but for some people it does and some people it doesn't and so for years I've I've you know heard about people who work side by side in in factories and some person developed a a cancer and some people didn't Uh, like that asbestos stuff you know plenty of people developed cancer and plenty of people didn't and they were working with the same products so it's fascinating and I know that it's kind of mind-boggling because medicine would allow you to believe that you know everybody uh, in your family is going to develop these same traits but really your the way you think and the way your environment is and how you react to your environment can you know, in, in according to epigenetics, it's not only can it change it, it does change it. So you could be walking around with cancer genes that never turn into cancer genes, you know, because you are a relatively happy, good natured person. You eat well, you work out and you don't sit around thinking, I'm going to get cancer. I'm going to get cancer because I actually believe that. I actually believe if you sit up and say things like, well, I know I'm going to get diabetes one day. So let me go ahead and have fun now. Like if you do stuff like that, of course, you're definitely talking your way right into it, like subconsciously. So, yes, I know this is mind blowing. So you should Google the phrase epigenet- epigenetics and look it up and see if, if that's if that's something you can wrap your brain around. Because if it is, it changes everything. That's the game changer right there. Because that means if you can create the disease, then you can heal the disease. And we just don't like a lot of power. I think humans have pretty much just given up our power. 
we don't believe in the magic. We don't believe in the mystical. We don't believe we might read our horoscope. But for the most part, we're pretty content with being victims of something. That's particularly in America. That's the American way. You know, I love Oprah and I watched the Oprah show uh, for many years when I could. And I think the one thing that it did that that hurt people is it made everybody a victim. Because you watch the Oprah show, you hear Oprah talking about things that happened to her. Then you watch a show full of things, a show full of people where things happen to them. And then it just sort of was like, well, what happened to me? I got some shit that happened to me, too. And it's just sort of like the victimhood of America, the victimization of America, which was the worst message you can get from the show, because I don't think that was the intention. I think she intended to bring issues to light and make people feel comfortable uh, talking about things that that happened to them. And it is important to do that. But then go to a therapist and talk to them and get healthy. You know, you can't just watch Oprah and diagnose yourself with everything and then be like, you know, I'm good because you're not you're that's not how you heal. Talking about it is the first step. You've got to put things in place to keep you from getting triggered or recognizing your triggers. And then you've got to change your behavior. And a lot of people don't have that capability in their arsenal because they they love the addiction and the feeling of being victimized that sounds crazy nobody likes to be victimized yeah but we do there are a lot of people I was in the hospital and I saw firsthand that there are people who that's their jam they get sick you know and it it gets you attention but it also keeps you from having to participate in things. Oh, you know, I have a destination wedding coming up. Can you make it? No, I'm sick. You know, oh, I uh, I was kind of hoping you'd want to go out to dinner and maybe celebrate my birthday with me. No, I'm sick. Like some people, that's their jam. Being sick is their jam. They don't take their medication so they can wind back up in the hospital in like 90 days. Uh, yeah, sick was not my jam. I did not. No, I don't want to be sick. I don't need enough attention (laughs) that way. (laughs) I'd rather get my attention in other ways. I don't want to uh, be the sick one. So it's just fascinating to me. Uh, Epigenetics. Imagine a world where scientifically it's been proven that that disease is caused by your environment and your behavior and not your genes. That's deep. It goes against everything people have thought for hundreds of years, but or however many years uh, people been studying genes. Um, I think it might be a fairly, fairly new science in terms of uh, the history of the humans. Uh, The book I bought yesterday, it goes back to like, you know, many, many years before Christ and looking at medical history and and the practice of medicine and how it evolved to what it is today so i'm confused as to how long people have actually been studying genes i want to say in the last 100 years maybe but i'm not sure because i take in a lot of information and i don't always have all the details but i'm gonna tell you this one stuck which is what if you uh could heal your body because that predetermined notion that you've got cancer because it runs in your family isn't true maybe that person developed cancer because of their environment and their thinking 
and now it's made it manifest in you sort of like I liken it to um your mom was 16 when she had you so when you get 16 it's not weird to you that you are now also pregnant you know what I mean like I've always thought that was so interesting. People just think it's a foregone conclusion. If your mom was 17 or 14 when she had you, it seems so normalized then that the next generation is also going to start having kids, you know, before 20 years old, before any money is earned. You know what I mean? Like, how? why is that a foregone conclusion? It, but it happens all the time. So that's not genetic. There's no gene that says, hey, just go make a baby at 14 because that's what your mom did. It's something you've allowed yourself to believe is normal and a healthy practice. You know what I mean? So and I'm not judging it. A lot of people do that. My only issue is if you don't work. But that's a whole nother podcast. But, you know, that's there's not a gene in that. So I think it's similar. It's like they're we've allowed ourselves to believe that you know if your mom had cancer you're gonna get cancer if your dad had um although there's no genetic link with alzheimer's but my father had alzheimer's and you know they had they had us come in for a consultation and you know you could get tested but my dad was the only person in his family that had that diagnosis and he was one of like nine or ten kids and then you know me and my brothers they they were like, well, you don't need to get tested because it doesn't seem like it runs in your family. If your dad's the only one, you can get tested if you want to. But, you know, I just think it's all fascinating. So wrap your brain around a world where you can talk yourself into a disease and you can change your behavior and your inner dialogue out of that same disease. That is mind blowing. I think on some level, I've always believed that. But then to see that there's scientific proof behind it, boom, then that changes everything. And I'm, I'm going to veer off a little bit. I need to wrap this up because y'all know I work. But um, another thing I was watching, HBO has this documentary. I can't remember the name of it, uh, but basically it's about the opioid crisis. And here's all I, I want to say about that. Not all, but here's a statement. So, yes, it's sad. The, and the examples they have are basically middle class, upper middle class people that you would never think would ever get on drugs died from the opioid crisis. And it's sad. You know, yes, it's sad that your daughter had an injury, got addicted to oxy, then started doing heroin and overdosed. But guess what? It's always been sad. I kind of feel some kind of way that now because upper middle class people, inclusive in that description, white people are dying in in numbers, sizable numbers from heroin and and overdoses and, and fentanyl and all this crazy stuff. It's sad and it is tragic. But black people have been dying from drugs for years. And it was sad and tragic then too. I just I just hate the way this narrative plays out. Well, now it's a crisis. It was always a crisis. There were people walking around on crack 
and PCP in the hood and nobody did shit. They just flooded it with more drugs. And now, so now it's a crisis because pharmaceutical companies took advantage of middle class and upper middle class people. And some of those people are also black, but you know what I'm saying? I just, when shit is sad, it's always sad. It can't, we got to stop being, well, it's not a problem till it's a problem for certain people. That's ridiculous. That's why this country can't move forward because everybody's so separated and nothing's a big deal if it's happening to poor people or low income people or people of color which I can't stand using interchangeably because everybody who's poor isn't black and everybody who's black isn't poor but okay when you think of the crack epidemic and what it did I was in a city that was ravaged by crack in the 80s your your nation's capital it was ra- it was horrible it was like living in a town full of zombies homeless people crackheads everybody walking around asking you for cash non-stop i had a lady almost follow me into my house i had to basically like throw cash at her to keep her from coming in the house with me she was like something from thriller it's just like a zombie thank you i need crack and they crack out their voices i mean it's just nuts and it was a problem then. I just, it just really insults my capabilities. I think it is, insults everybody when we pretend like something wasn't a big deal, but now it's a big deal because it's not, it's not supposed to be happening to these people, but it was cool when it was happening to those people. Like, that's ridiculous and hypocritical. And listen, I'm not immune to it. The opioid crisis is a big deal. But all of these drug crises have been a big deal. And it all people should matter when it comes to addiction and treatment in the jail population. So now you want to be all up in it. And I'm sick of all these catchphrases, the opioid crisis. Come on. It was all drugs in America have always been a problem. And it's time to stop putting all these little phrases on things and fucking fix the shit.
Two. Two.